Hello everyone, I'm Ray Johnston and welcome to another year of A Take It Black. We actually kicked off this podcast this time last year looking at January 26 and that episode featuring interviews with Professor Marsha Langton and writer Celeste Little and many more is as relevant as ever. So after you've joined us here, feel free to scroll back in your podcast app and give it a listen. For this episode, I am joined by NITV's Jack Lattimore and Rana Collins as we discuss our feelings about the day, but also about how we tackle it as a news organisation, as journalists and as Aboriginal people. So I'll start with you, Jack, joining us on the line from Melbourne. What are your feelings about the day? I guess consciously a number of, or maybe two years ago, but and now it's kind of a bit more just standard. I've kind of just edged away from the whole dialogue around January 26 on a personal level. Like I used to write op-eds. Um, each year you get approaches from you know, two, three uh, organisations uh, to write an op-ed on what the day meant, um, you know, what it carried, the sorts of things that uh, it evoked uh, in your life, um, how you dealt with it, all of that sort of stuff. And I guess, you know, all... Uh, you know, journalists, commentators, um, average, you know, Aboriginal people get approached to do those things. And I guess it really just takes the wind out of you after a while. And I've just found myself, uh, yeah, just sort of edging away from the dialogue a little bit and just really approaching it just from a, uh, a media practitioner sort of perspective, um, reporting on it uh, and you know, taking other voices into account rather than my own sort of thing. So that's the way it's changed for me. In terms of my attitude towards it, uh, it's still pretty much the same. It's it's something that I find, uh, you know, offensive, to be honest, um, to, to my sentiment, to my family history. Um, there's a lot of, you know, decades and decades of trauma um, that Australia Day seems to be, um, you know, celebrating all the things that contributed to a really, you know, long period of um, completely uh, dislocated and devastated my family. So, yeah, it's not a whole lot for me to, to celebrate on January 26th. And how about you, Rana? What are your feelings on Jan 26? It's complex, right? I, I feel like I've got a um, challenging relationship with that day. Um, it's, look, it's, it's a very hard, um, thing to get behind certainly not something that I celebrate personally, but I also see, you know, particularly in our capacity as yeah, media practitioners and at NITV, there is a huge opportunity to have a conversation about the state of our people, uh, about how, what we can be doing differently and I do feel that there's the opportunity where Australians are looking for an authentic Indigenous perspective at that time of year. And that's an opportunity for us to provide. Yeah, it's, it is a complex day and a really, you know, tiring time of year. I think we come back and January is such a challenging month. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes forever. Yeah, it goes from, from NAIDOC week to Jan 26. It feels like the following week. There's no real break in between. Exactly. Yeah, it's like seeing Easter eggs on the shelf on Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what like. That's what Jan 26 is like after NAIDOC. You just have to yeah. steal yourself. <laughs> it's coming. 
Well, Jack, you did mention there the you know that we need to be making sure that we're representing the diversity of views you know from across the country and also within the the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community itself you know, about this yeah. day. Yeah. How do you, as a person, put aside your own feelings about the day and behave well, as an ethical journalist yeah. to say I fundamentally disagree with this person and and the views that they hold about this day are offensive to me, but I'm still going to treat them and their opinions with the the same level of respect as, as anyone else? Well, it's the inverse of what the day represents, and that is uh, it's just out of respect. And um, I, you know, you put a professional hat on as a journalist or as an editor, as a news worker, um, because it's, it is about providing... Um, you know, a, a, a range of voices uh, to a dialogue, giving them the opportunity to have a platform, or an avenue, or a channel, or however you want to phrase it. So that's what you do. Um, but you know, within that, I think the tricky thing is making the right uh, decisions around how you go about that. Um, so yeah, we want to hear um, you know the, the diversity of views and positions on. Uh, or something as controversial as a January 26. But, um, yeah, it's about measuring uh, how you go about that, I suppose. Um, to varying extents, you, uh, and across, you know, uh, news organisations that are operating this day, um, you might see um, certain voices being um, pre- preferenced uh, over other voices, and they will be... Uh, conservative voices. So you might hear a lot from a Mark Latham or a Pauline Hanson or you know, whoever it might be. Um, and it's, I, I believe that's to, to stoke up enough rage within the broader public that they perpetuate the dialogue and it's all about selling a product. Um, but I think that can be done more responsibly and I think that's what we at NITV do. Um, yes, we acknowledge that for the audience that tunes into NITV, it is a day of action. Uh, uh, so it is a day of mourning. It is a day of reflection. It is a day of, um, you know, just holding institutions to account. It is also a day of, you know, this whole range of things. It's also a day about retreat. Um, you know, I wrote a piece uh, two or three years ago now that was about um, you know, people that have had really traumatic experiences around January 26th and just remove themselves from it physically and go and do other stuff. It's about having their voices included in the dialogue and not, you know, sidelined, even if they are willingly sidelining their own voices. So, to me, like, that is reflective of what the nation is. Again, inverse, invertly, inversely around, you know, what January... 26 is supposed to be celebrating. You know, we have all of these uh, experiences and these sentiments uh, around the date, and we need to be inclusive of those. Well, that's with my professional, you know, cap on. Of course. Um, <laughs> and it's about storytelling. You know, there's wonderful stories there. Um, really, texture, you know, a fabric of, of wonderful stories for us to tell as media practitioners. So, you know, that's what we do.
Jack there mentioned selling a product, you know, creating outrage to to sell news as a product. And that kind of feels like the opposite of what we do here, which is more provider service. Is that what, you know, helps us form our idea as NITV about how we approach, you know, controversial topics or controversial days like this? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think you know, NITV is here for the primacy of Indigenous voice and perspective. And, you know, at, at a time as sort of contentious as around January 26 and the fact that, you know, that's the terminology that we're using, you know, right now, we do have to make sure that we're representing that the diversity of perspectives within our own communities, which we know to be so broad um, and for us to offer those different perspectives as a gift to all Australians at this time of year, looking for, you know, a deeper understanding into who we are and, you know, what we're calling for when we hit the streets on that day. As we all know, it's such a historic day of protest as well for our people. Yeah, and there are events happening all over the country, as in every previous year in my living memory. But how is it different this year? How are we covering these events differently this year? It's challenging, that's for sure. And I think, you know, COVID has made it more challenging than ever, as we're all really well across by now, getting used to seeing you know, interviews over Zoom and the way that we've learned to do our jobs in completely different ways and not having to physically be with someone to tell their stories. Uh, it's been a very interesting 12 months to work in the media industry, past 12 months. So I think the we have a national footprint on the 26th with journalists in every state and territory and we'll have coverage right throughout the day, sort of opening with the sunrise ceremony in the morning and then the batons handed over to the news team um, and we'll be telling those stories from the marches right across the country. So we're in a really lucky position where we're able to do that, but obviously COVID has made that more challenging than ever and it's just the fact that we have journalists right across the country means that we can get those stories um, through to our audience on that day, which is so important. What's the sentiment like in Melbourne at the moment, Jack? You know, obviously you were one of the hardest hit places in the world with COVID lockdowns last year. Is is there any kind of feeling that you know, rallies may not go ahead as you know, out of fear of something sparking uh, back up or no? I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we did, it was really uh, strict regulations down here. Uh, across most of uh, 2020, but uh, we endured that, and you know, coming out the other side, we're in a pretty good position down here at the moment. I think we're on about 15 days without a community um, transfer case or whatever the, you know, the, the phrase is. Yep. Um, so that's pretty good. I, I've read today that um, you know, organisers are. Uh, are asking people to only, you know, um, I think groups of 100 and then socially distance from the next group of, you know, whatever it is, 25 feet or whatever. Um, can't see how that's going to work, but on paper, I guess they've got to do that. Um, I guess what's worth remembering is the, uh, I think it was the June 6th uh, Black Lives Matter rally down here. Uh, it was really like right in the, in the, in the guts of that um first lockdown uh, and there was 20 to 30,000 people attending that rally uh, so I don't think you know, I don't think people are going to be discouraged from fronting up at Spring Street and uh, marching back down uh, Burke Street uh, to uh, you know, outside of 
Flinders Street Station, Fed Square there. I think they'll get... You know, I think each year they, they feel that there's around 60,000 people turning up when it's massive. Um, so they'll probably get you know, twenty to 30,000 people, I imagine. Yeah, and it will be reported that there were 500 people. <laughs> well, well that's the funny thing, though, Ray. Like, and this is what I mean. Um, prior to... Now, I have to get the year right. It was about 2014. It was around about that period where Abbott had just delivered that devastating budget that cut $537 million out of uh, Aboriginal community organisations. Um, but up to that point, it was always reported by mainstream media that there were fewer people at the rallies. That year, for some reason, suddenly, and it came down to the age, which was still under Fairfax at that time, suddenly reported that there was 50,000 people at that year's rally. And it jumped up from 9,000 the year before to 50,000. Now, if you're at one rally, 2013, as compared to 2014, there was just as many people there. But, you know, out of the blue, you know, it's possibly that they sent a young cub reporter down uh, just to, to report on it, and they just come up with a figure. And that's where we've started this 40, 50, 60,000 people. But... Um, that's just a really interesting point that, you know, almost one year to the next, suddenly they were under, they were, well, at one point under-reporting and then potentially over-reporting the, the crowd figure. Surely there's an accurate way to work this out, though, right? We should be able to use, use science somehow. Counting blocks. Oh, Counting we can blocks use people. a rule of thumb, yeah. So mm. 5,000 people fit into a city block. That's what the coppers use. So if you look at, you know, how many, how the crowd fills out across blocks, um, so I think that BLM one, by my eye, filled across three, three and a half blocks. So it was probably fifteen or twenty thousand people there. So uh, there's other 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 methods of doing it, of course. You probably get a heap of older journalists telling us uh, different ways. <laughs> and we'll just have to take into account the social distancing this time. We need yeah. we need a, a listener who's a mathematician to uh, <laughs> to get on the phone. We need Carly Noon. We need you to come and do some maths <laughs> for us <laughs> to work out how many people are in a city block so we can get some accurate figures this year. All right. So NITV's coverage of the day, you mentioned that we've got the news running all day. We start with the sunrise ceremony, but we've also got some coverage in the lead up to the day as well, don't we? Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, this is one of our busiest times of the year, right? So I feel we start the conversation so early. It feel, feels like this year it started on January 1st with the change <laughs> to the anthem, but it probably did start months before that. As we all know, the lead in um, conversations go for a very long time. But in terms of our coverage, so we, we kick off officially with NULA on Friday, the season return of NULA um, on Friday afternoon, 3 p.m., um, live on SBS and 7pm on NITV. So Natalie Armat will have all the all the um, previews of the protests and all of our coverage in terms of next week for Gen 26. And she'll be um, having a chat from Barangaroo down at the, the vigil grounds there at Sydney Festival. So she'll be previewing that event, which is happening on Monday. So, and then once we get into next week, we have the point. We season return of the point for 2021. And we're doing a program which is all around, centred around that, what, how do we move from these small, being thrown small scraps, like the change to the word in the anthem, to substantive change. So we're having a conversation about these moments that we're seeing year in, year out, um, and these 
this idea of Australia Day being beers, barbecues, bikinis, um, what does it mean to be Australian? But we'll be talking about what has the current conversation been in the lead up to Jan 26 and the complexities of that day. So Rach will be hosting a conversation and we've got some pretty incredible guests joining us. We've got Teela Reid, Luke Pearson and Nessa Turnbull-Roberts and also Nidal Nguyen joining us over Skype and we'll have Shani Wellington down at the Vigil Grounds before that kicks off, having a yarn with Sydney Festival Director Wesley Enoch and Dean Witters as well who's launching the incredible Unity Dance Project at the Vigil. So we'll have the point on Monday at 7.30 and that goes straight into the Vigil coverage, so the two-hour Vigil live from Barangaroo at that beautiful location on the water there on Sydney Harbour. And... Yeah, then on the 26th, we kick off with Sunrise Ceremony, which is coming out at 6am from Coolangatta in Queensland. So John Paul is chatting with a pretty incredible panel as well. He's got Gaiola Bales, Amy Maguire, really excited to see what she's sort of got to frame the the day. We've got Uncle Kev Carmody, Kerry O'Brien, veteran journalist, and um, Arnie Rhoda-Roberts as well. So it's going to be an incredible conversation and I'm really looking forward to seeing the performances as well. We've got Troy Casadaly performing and um, Uncle Kev as well. So, and Narelda Jacobs is having a yarn with some Sydney-based guests um, as COVID has made that really challenging to get Narelda to Queensland. So we've had a few broadcast challenges to keep in mind, but after sunrise, it's, yeah, NITV News for the full day. We've got coverage from every state and territory and Natalie Armat will front that from the morning and, and Ray, you'll pick up the baton and take it for the afternoon. I will. I'll, I'll come in in the afternoon and I'll be seeing you all uh, in the evening. But Jack, what are we doing for online as well for the day? Anything special? Well, I have, uh, I'm actually currently still on wonderful, wonderful annual leave, Ray. <laughs> um, <laughs> As Sorry, speak, Jack. <laughs> as we speak, I've got my uh, standing in Nam, which is a Port Phillip Bay, uh, up to my knees, uh, Boomerang country down here, and just doing a podcast. Like just, that's how that's how I roll. A little right? bit jealous, not going to lie. <laughs> Thirty degrees. Oh, oh no what? Weird. It sounds beautiful. Um, yeah, no, it's really nice. Uh, so, look, um, as far as uh, what we planned prior to uh, Christmas. Uh, it's really taking a lot of reporting from our coros and journos that are, you know, going to be, as, as uh, Rana just said, stationed all around the joint. Um, and we will just yeah, be have a, a few articles coming out about what's happening at the rallies, um, some stories around uh, other things that are going on um, you know, at the rallies, but not necessarily on the rallies, if that makes sense. Sure does. Um, yeah, lots of social videos. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, we do this each year, and uh, we're pretty. You know, I think we've last year was massive. Um, the year before that was building towards it, so I think we've got a good thing going at the moment um, in terms of you know our form line. So yeah, we'll um, yeah we'll be there. We'll be there at the end. And uh, <laughs> at the end, actually speaking of the end, uh, what I'm excited about is that we're going to take a, a, a feed from the, the concert. I think mm. uh, the Archie Roach is going to play, Chris Edgewood's, a uh, whole heap of people. That's the city mobile. So we're going to take that feed from about 7 o'clock on our Facebooks and social pages and, uh, and run that out. So a perfect way to 
end the day's coverage, really, for us um, and for you know, all of our social, follow- social media followers and stuff. Nice. One of the things I've also noticed around this time of year is because I'm a bit of a, a data nerd and I'm always in the stats of the of the website seeing what articles people are clicking on, that there's a few ones that always bubble to the surface around this time. You know, uh, you know, Australia Day, Invasion Day, Survival Day, What's in a Name is an article that always pops up and also our 10 interesting things that also happened on January 26 is one of those ones that I always see getting a lot of traffic around this time. But undoubtedly the most popular article at this time of year, every year, is how to be a good Indigenous ally. I see this popping up all the time. And I'm wondering with our goals for the content that we're putting out on this day, who is it for? Is it for our allies? Is it just for us? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Uh, We have to do both. Uh, Part of our... Charter, I guess, if you want to say that, is um, that you know we're going to provide uh, content and we're going to make appeal to uh, a diverse audience, um, and we've got a, a responsibility in some ways to uh, educate, um, provide cultural awareness around um, you know what's going on in, in our communities to a non-indigenous uh, audience. So we've got to do a bit of fit from column A and a lot from column, you know, column black. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the danger is that you know we we, as I was saying before, we we have a, a core audience that um, is really active in the demonstrations and and you know this is the activism around uh, January 26. So you know we have to be there for them just as much as we have to be there. To educate non-Indigenous audiences, probably more so would be my idea. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of Australians are looking for that auth- that authentic perspectives and voice that we provide at these specific moments through the year, where they're sort of uh, maybe more inclined to have a window into our world and our experiences. So, I mean, my answer to that, Ray, is we are absolutely here for everybody. We're authentically black, and we have that primacy of Indigenous views and perspectives always at the forefront, but we are absolutely here to make sure the other 97% of non-Indigenous Australians can um, can understand and um, engage with our perspectives. And that's also so important, particularly around the time of year like Australia Day. How can allies help on this day How, or, or just support us? It, it's, I see a bit of sentiment sometimes from people saying that their option is to celebrate Australia Day or to completely disengage from everything that's happening and they don't really know when they're you know, stepping on toes or you know, getting into areas that they, that they shouldn't be or don't belong. What, what message would you send to allies out there wanting to support Indigenous people on January 26th? That's the one for you, Rana. <laughs> I like the way you passed the buck to me there, Jack. Um, look, I think engaging with us is the number one thing to to do, and you know, not not to put that in a basket that's a bit too hard. So, whatever that looks like for you, in a way that you can do. So that could be watching an ITV for the day, or that could be hitting the streets um, and joining one of the marches across the country. I mean, that is our day of national protest and it has been for such a long time. Um, engaging in history, educating yourself, understanding the 
um, yeah, the history of that day, right back to 1938, Day of Mourning. Um, I think questioning the sentiments that you have, if you are, you know, if, if you are into the national identity of the Beers Barbecue um, Australia Day moment, just making sure that you're aware um, of the facts around that time of year. And, yeah, I think just being really engaged and open-minded is, it goes a long way. What about you, Jack? Um, look, I, see, you know, I've, I've been in Melbourne for 20 years and going to this um, uh, January 26th, uh, well, it was in Basin Day rallies uh, down here since about, oh, well, you know, two, two slots, but, you know, the current incarnation since about 29 or 2010 or something. Um, and it's just what I'm impressed with uh, is just seeing these placards from, you know, um, minority groups or, you know, um, ethnic groups that uh, are there in support. So, you know, one year it was um, you know, Chinese community for, um, you know, who is supporting the support. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Sri Lankans are there. Um, you know, there's just well, the, the Sudanese community. They're really strong uh, supporters, advocates, allies um, of, of uh, well, of NITV, but also of um, mm. you know, anything to do with Aboriginal affairs. Uh, a lot of what they experience, uh, the communities down here in Melbourne, is really parallels uh, the history of, of uh, mobs uh, experience. Um, so yeah, that's that's for me. It's getting involved in that sort of stuff. Um, but as Rana said too, I mean, I believe personally believe that there is an onus on people making themselves aware of uh, of why this dialogue is happening, rather than just you know turning up the hottest one hundred or mm. you know, that you know barbecue and beer playlist on you know whatever streaming service you use and and hook it in for the day. You know, it's it's not. I think that's what, well, again, personally, that's what I find offensive about it. Is that I can't have a moment's reflection if I go outside because there's just too many bloody hooligans getting around, you know, wearing those stupid capes on their back. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's just being respectful and recognising that whatever it is you're doing, um, there's someone else that might be just having a quiet spell, uh, you know, there's something different around I've got one more question for you, Jack, and I'll let yep. you get back to your holiday. What do you wish more people knew about January 26? We're talking about you know people being educated on this day. What do you wish was more widely known? Well, I think the, the thing that really gets me, and it's not because it's not widely known or it's not because the information isn't available every year, it's, uh, you know, these sorts of comments that you see uh, from talking heads, but also from, also from Joe Public and you know, comment threads and stuff, that, um, you know, the only people that are um, having these demonstrations or have something to say that to draw uh, the date uh, into question or hold uh, celebrations around that date to account is that it's like a recent phenomenon. Um, or that it's just the city blacks that are doing it and, you know, the, the authentic Aboriginal person out there in the countryside doesn't hold these beliefs. And, um, I mean, if you look back just uh, in, in recent sort of modern history, it started in 1938 with the, the Day of Mourning protest that was organised 
you know, I've been in Sydney by you know, leaders that we still hold in high regard to this very day and that still inform our thinking to this very day. It's, you know, that happened um, in 1938, early part of last century. So, you know, there's the provenance of what we're doing uh, has been around for that long. I know it's been around longer than that if you look back to, you know, the, the sorts of stuff that was happening in 1915, 1917 and stuff that led to that 1938. Um, March or demonstration um, and, and even before that back to 1901 there was protests around Federation so you know it just seems to me to be ill-informed, misinformed um, for the sorts of um, perspectives on this that are uh, asserting that it's only a small group of, of discontents that are opposing it and they've only been doing it for the last 10 years or so I mean, that, that's just not, not true. There's so much about the day that's mm-hmm. not true. <laughs> yeah, there's so many misconceptions, I think. And, yeah, that, that symbolism, having that day, uh, having our National Day on the 26th, which has only been for, what, it's 30 years, right? Yeah. Yet it seems yeah, so national, many people yeah, grasp it. <laughs> before, it was on January 26th for New South Wales for a lot longer, though. Yeah. That, that's the, the thing, yeah. Um, anyway, I've got to go because uh, my wife is going crook and she's going to throw sand at me or something. It's a yarn with you. <laughs> See you later, Jack. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. So, Rana, what do you wish more people knew about January 26th? I think there's, there's many things. I think Jack hit the nail on the head sort of saying... W- generally that just people make that effort to be um, educated on the day, the history, the significance, the trauma and the challenges that we face at this time of year. Communities can find it really tiresome. It can feel a bit like Groundhog Day to be having the same conversations year in, year out. Um, And I guess a a huge thing is also just, um, you know, checking in on on people because it can take a toll on your mental health. And I think um, just having some sensitivity in the way that you engage in conversations at this time of year, um, knowing it might be challenging, particularly for you know people in our community, and understanding that there is a diversity of perspectives, and just yeah, being quite respectful of that. Yeah, I think maybe people doing a little bit more reading and a little bit less asking directly mm. of people at this point in time would be really helpful. That's you know, I know I tend to get a lot of very well-meaning messages on social media around this time, but it would just be really great if people jumped onto Google or just jumped onto the NITV website and read yeah. some of the incredible articles that we have there and people could learn so much. And I feel like we've we've put that out there like we've spent the time the labor the effort it takes a lot out of you to Mm. put articles about this day and and other things out there engage with it instead of making us go through it again if that makes sense absolutely and you know we work in this space every day making sure that our communities are represented that we have a voice that we heard so there's so much uh, there's so much to engage with if you're interested in 
um, in understanding more about our communities, our world, our perspectives. So yeah, I, I completely understand having that inundation around <laughs> such a traumatic time of year. Also, while well, we're, we're just also super busy. Yeah. We're like super, super busy. We've got a lot on. You, you rattled got... off like 15 different shows where we have to produce before next week somehow. Yeah, I think I forgot a few. <laughs> oh, no. Well, thanks so much for joining me to chat today. It was really cool to have you here. It's very nice. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure that you subscribe, give us a rating, leave us a review so that we know what you love and don't love. We want to hear it all. And until next time, take it black. Always love, always will be, always love, always will be. Always love.